Welcome to Faithfully Unapologetic. I'm Kelly Jean Pittman, and this is my amazing daughter, Jaina Pittman. We are a mom and teen duo, and our mission is to empower others in faith to help them break free from the stress of everyday life. By sharing our experience, we hope to inspire you to find joy, peace, and connection in the craziness of the world around us. Every other week, we'll share the secrets of a resilient heart, and you'll learn how to nurture a strong mind, body, and soul while taking advantage of the divine power of prayer. We're so excited to share this space with all the beautiful souls who are listening today. Welcome, beautiful souls. I'm so excited. Uh, today, we're going to talk about one of my favorite things. Subconscious prayer. Yes. What does that mean? That's the question we're going to answer here. That is a question. Uh, subconscious prayer. It's going to kind of sound like maybe we're jumping down the rabbit hole. But you know what? A lot of fun stuff happens in the rabbit hole. But it's true. I feel like all of our conversations are in the rabbit hole, which is totally normal and fine. And what is the rabbit hole, you may be asking? Well, you'll find out. Um, actually, it's just kind of digging deep, going into some deep, deep thoughts. And today, as Gina said, we're going to talk about subconscious prayer. So what does subconscious prayer mean to you? I immediately go to the brain. Now, our brains are such complex and they have so many intricacies to them. Amen. And our brain is made up of obviously our conscious and our subconscious. Or maybe that's not so obvious. But our conscious makes a very small percentage of our brain actually. And mm-hmm. then the subconscious is the rest. Right. And the conscious, as I would explain it, is I know and I'm experiencing the present. Mm-hmm. that I'm sitting next to my mom and I'm talking to all of you guys. Mm-hmm. And my subconscious is like an underlying thought or belief or whatever that is chilling in the back of my brain, just floating there and it, it will ca- occasionally pop up and it kind of like dictates what I'm doing or feeling or it's, yep. it's underlying. Even say, and, and you're absolutely right. And actually, what they say, and this kind of sounds quite amazing when you first hear this, but the more that I understand how our subconscious beliefs kind of run our life, the more um, I understand this fact really is what people say is that um, go ahead and take a guess. They say there's a certain percentage of our action, our daily action and routine that we do that is run by the subconscious brain. I'm guessing? Yeah. Can you guess? Yep. Can you guess a percent? Well, I think I think you told me this. Oh, so you can't have a clear guess then. Well, I thought you said 95%. You're, she's got a good memory. <laughs> she listens to her mama. Gotta love that. Yes, 95%. Isn't that crazy? That is a lot of your brain. Or like, that's that a lot of... is a lot of your brain, and I tell it to people, and they're like, no way, no way. There's no way that's happening. But the more you kind of dig deep into those subconscious beliefs, the more you see how it actually does dictate a lot of your thoughts and actions, and you're not even aware of it. And so, um, and it's really important when we're talking about our faith and our spiritual life, because our subconscious thoughts are something that God is completely aware of. And so it is really important that we kind of understand this subconscious prayer that we're talking about. 
For sure. And so before I begin on this one, um, even before we actually do our Bible verse today, I'm going to break in with a little information about the brain. Brain nerd. Brain nerd. I love the brain. I fell in love with the brain. I Who knew that it controlled everything? <laughs> who knew? <laughs> who knew? I mean, from uh, whether we're happy, we're sad, how hungry we are, how we move, everything. I, I it, It's kind of incredible. I mean, the brain is the mitochondria. It's the powerhouse of both the body. It is the powerhouse of everything and who we are. And it's the powerhouse of our spirituality as well. So we For really sure. need to take care of the brain. We do. Um, and so I'm going to do just a little tiny mini crash course on the brain. And I promise to stay with me. Don't lose me. But in order to understand kind of how powerful our subconscious thoughts are, I just want to talk about some brain mechanics or kind of a little background of the brain. And so... Um, I'm going to start with it, that the brain actually has a hundred billion neurons and neurons are what send the messages around our body. Like if we are moving an arm, there's like tens of thousands of neurons that like crash together. And mind you, this is not scientific in any way, shape or form. So don't be fooled into thinking that I'm pretending to be, um, or studying something as some, you know, doctor here or something. This is just kind of a simplistic overview of the brain mm -hmm. before I continue. But there's tens of thousands of neurons that like crash together. They fire together. They create this electrical activity that we can actually measure. And that's mm -hmm. what I do when I do feedback. But you actually can measure that electricity. But that that sends a message to like move that arm, to breathe, to do all these things. So we have this happening throughout our whole entire body um, for us to function, move, breathe, and make it through our day like it's happening nonstop. And so our brain contains 100 million neurons, and that's as many stars as in the Milky Way. It's a lot of power. That's all the Milky Way. Just like guys, gals, we have the Milky Way in our head. <laughs> We do. I don't think it's chocolate and nougat. Well, some people's maybe. I wish. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but each neuron, so we go then. So each single little neuron, now we're breaking it down to one. That's how many we have, 100 billion neurons. But now when you go and look at just one um, in our executive functioning brain, okay, so don't get worried about those words, executive functioning. What that means really is it just means our thinking part of the brain. And so if you're looking at a head, you know, or on your body, it's if you go and touch kind of the top part of your forehead, that's kind of the, the executive functioning, the cortex, the prefrontal cortex. So that's the thinking part of the brain. So when we're talking about conscious thoughts, like you had started off, Jana, when you were talking about, like, you know, you're sitting here, what's really happening, you're sitting here, yeah. you're talking. Like I'm aware of what's going on. Right. I can control it. Right. And it's kind of problem solving, working, thinking. That is your executive functioning brain. And so each neuron in our executive functioning brain, the thinking part of the brain, has 1,000 to 10,000 synaptic connections. And so what that means is that, remember when we talked about tens of thousands crashing and firing, they're forming like this connection. That connection is like this synoptic connections. Okay, so that's what we're talking about. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and so that means that there are more neuron connection combinations than there in our brain and everybody in one person's brain than there are particles in the universe. 
that make up the whole entire entire universe. That's so wild. That is like crazy wild. And so what this means, it makes the human brain the most complex structure. And each of us is completely unique. Every single beautiful soul out there listening, you are amazing, different, and unique from everyone else because of all these amazing connections in our brain. So now this is, we're going a little bit deeper here. I'm almost done with this if you're following me, but I just want people to understand kind of how complex the brain is. And so, and it brings me to our subconscious thoughts. And so your subconscious mind is kind of the mind running in the background. So people don't usually give too much thought to it, right? It's like there, but it's kind of got all the power. It's controlling everything. It does. It's it's taking orders. Actually, our conscious brain is taking orders from our subconscious Mm -hmm. brain. And so um, our subconscious thoughts in our mind, um, they take in about 2 million bits of information every second. Um, But our conscious mind can only handle about five to seven thoughts per second. Um, And even that's probably a lot for individuals to handle five to seven thoughts per second in our conscious brain, like what we're consciously aware of. Because our our subconscious is controlling our breathing, our moving, our talking, our heart rate, um, it's weeding out toxins as we speak. You know, we have the kidneys going and all these organs. It's, It's sending all these messages. So the subconscious brain is very, very powerful. But it's also connected to our beliefs and thought patterns as well. Mm-hmm. So therefore, um, what does this have to do with praying? I don't know, Mom. What does it? <laughs> well, I will tell you. The whole reason why I'm talking about this is that it's really important with our prayer and our communication with God because our subconscious beliefs are what determine much of our daily functioning. And it can be far more powerful than our conscious beliefs. As we talked about, that 95%? Yeah. That it's kind of running everything. It's in the background it and it's running everything. So what that means for us when we're praying to God is that if we're unaware of our conscious thoughts um, and we're praying but God doesn't seem to be answering, it could be that our conscious thoughts don't match up with our subconscious thoughts our belief Mm -hmm. patterns actually you have your conscious thoughts and sometimes you think that's all you have Mm -hmm. you're like i am i'm thinking this right now and i just like i i believe it but then your subconscious is has a completely different thought pattern and you know both of those together are not clashing together and god knows what's in your heart and if you're thinking one thing but feeling another thing, Mm -hmm. God takes that. And like you said, we were actually practicing this and you were saying that that is what God has to work with. So, I mean, those, your subconscious and your conscious really have to line up in order to communicate clearly to God. Right, because God, he is omnipresent. He's all powerful. He's all knowing. And so, If we're going to church every Sunday and giving lip service and saying our prayers, but underneath we're thinking, I don't know if I believe in God, Um, God's not for me, God doesn't answer my prayers, God's okay for everybody else, Um, I'll kind of give it a try, but I really don't believe in this God thing, I don't think it's really going to work, I don't think he really cares about me, everybody else gets their prayers answered, you have this whole system of belief, right? Mm -hmm. These are all your subconscious beliefs, but you're actually 
going to church and you're actually, you know, consciously, you're saying the prayers and you're praying, but if your heart is thinking, it's really your heart, kind of the truth of your heart. God knows the truth of your heart. He knows what your core beliefs really are. Mm -hmm. So why we can fool ourselves and we can fool our friends and our spouses and even church leaders by doing all the right things, if our heart is not coordination with, you know, in supporting those beliefs, there's a problem there. Yeah, there's a break. There's a big break. And so God knows what our subconscious beliefs are, and he wants to answer and give us whatever we want. And so I cannot tell you how many people that I've, that I know or who I've talked to, and um, they say, well, I, I don't know. He's like, I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. I'll do that. But God doesn't really listen to my prayers, I don't think. I don't know if I really believe in it. I don't know if I believe in God. Um, I don't know, you know, that it works. I don't really think that it works. Well, so, right, so if that's in the heart, this isn't working, it's kind of a subconscious prayer that you're telling God, this isn't working, I don't really believe in it. So when my conscience may be saying these words, my heart is like, I don't really believe in any of this. And I don't think it's working. And it's kind of taking, like, one step forward and three steps back because you're you're saying that you're going to and maybe you do, right? Yeah. But since your subconscious is so powerful, it's taking you three steps back because it's what's in your heart and you're telling God that you don't think it's going to work. So God takes that information and he's like, I don't, it's, it's what you're giving him. It's what you're truly feeling. And so it doesn't work then. Right. And so the most important thing, I think, for people to understand with the subconscious prayer, basically what it means is it means you cannot hide from God. Mm -hmm. So if you're not real and you're not authentic and you have this false communication and this false lip service, and don't get me wrong, sometimes it feels really real, right? Sometimes you're like, I'm... I'm praying and I'm doing this, but it's like I'm getting nothing. And so there's two different things that either can happen. Either either your beliefs really don't support what you're praying or you're praying. And we kind of talked about this a little bit in answered prayer. You're praying and God is actually answering your prayer, but you're not open to seeing it. Yeah. And so God hears you and your heart might be in it, but you're not open enough to see that it's being answered. Yeah. And actually, I have a great joke for that that I had mentioned before, but it's about this person who was golfing and all of a sudden it started to rain. These flood flash rains came and he was um, out there in the golf field and the water was rising and it was starting to get really deep and he was starting to drown. And he's like, dear God, dear God, please save me. It's like, I don't want to drown. Please save me. And so uh, this fishing boat comes by and uh, the people are like, oh, my goodness. It's like, come on board. And he, the guy's like, no, 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 no. I'm praying to God and I asked him to save me and he's going to save me. And they're like, are you sure? Get out. The water's getting high. You're not going to make it. He's like, no, 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 no. Uh, I'm waiting for God and praying he's going to save me. They're like, okay, we're going. Good luck. And so they go. And then... Uh, the water's getting really high, and he's, like, climbed on top of this tree, and he's at the very top of the tree. He's like, dear God, why are you deserting me? It's like, please save me. And then this airplane comes by, and it's, or this helicopter. 
this is a helicopter. It's coming by and it's kind of hovering down. It's like, hey, climb aboard. They throw down a ladder. Get on. And the guy's like, oh, no, 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 no. God's going to save me. He's going to save me. I've been praying and praying. I know he's going to save me. Or like, get on. It's like after that tree floods, you've got nowhere to go. You can only swim so long. It's like, no, no, no. God's going to save me. I know he will. The guy's like, okay, we got to go. Um, good luck. And so then the airplane go or the helicopter goes and then all of a sudden this hot balloon comes floating by slowly and they're like and this guy's like bubbling in the water he's going under you know he he can barely barely swim now because he's so tired um and the, the waters are there and this hot balloon is hanging right there they throw down a rope it's like hang on hang on we'll pull you out you know we'll save you and the guy's like, blurp, 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 blurp. no, God's going to save me. God's going to save me. And he goes under and he drowns. And so the moral of the story is when he gets to heaven, he asks God and says, God, it's like I prayed and prayed. It's like, why didn't you save me? And um, God said, my dear son, he's like, I sent you a boat. I sent you a helicopter and I sent you a hot air balloon. It's like, what more do you want? <laughs> yeah, so... Being open is really the key. Um, it, it really is. So it can be that when we're praying, right, that we have almost a subconscious block. Again, we're praying, mm -hmm. but it's like the subconscious block. So this is where why this subconscious piece is so important when we're praying. We need to understand where our heart is really at. Yeah. And so we do have a Bible verse for today. And, um, and this one's a little bit of a doozy, so we actually only have one. We, we only have one, and this is like my favorite Bible verse right now. It's a really good one. And <laughs> all the Bible. It is, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. That is a lot. It is a lot. <laughs> And I love it. And I know it's a lot because when I, I've like talked to people about this and I tell people about it and sometimes they kind of look at me cross-eyed like, I don't even know what you just read, Kelly. <laughs> well, it, it's, that seems to be like the entire Bible though. You know, it's like. It can be. Some, some are, some are more literal. Mm -hmm. um, be like right down here below, be devoted to one another and love. That one's kind of easy to understand. <laughs> But let's just take, let's break it down a little bit and look at it. So it first says, do not conform. So it means basically do not follow. Mm -hmm. Don't give in to peer pressure. Right. So it says, do not conform to the patterns of this world. So right, don't be like everyone else mm -hmm. out there. You got to swim against the current. Right. Um, typically, if you're following Jesus and if you have faith and you believe in God, um, our culture is kind of counterintuitive to that. It yeah. kind of clashes it does. with the basic principles of Jesus's teaching and God's teaching. It clashes with that unconditional love. We put a lot of conditions on love um, in every aspect of what we do, whether it's parenting or friends or whatever it may be. Boyfriend, so, girlfriend. Yeah, really. So it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. So do not like follow the pattern of basically, and what it's talking about, honestly, is the conscious world, mm -hmm. right? Um, our society is really hyper-focused on the material, physical world. It is. Hyper-focused. I mean, I can't remember what, uh, it was, I think it came from health, 
a health class, but they were saying you were constantly being shown ads, and that feeds into your subconscious, actually, mm -hmm. which then, you know, comes up later in your conscious, and you're like, oh, I saw this ad for something, and now I really want it, and so the world knows how to feed on that materialistic addiction. Right. Right, and so that person's thinking that they're owning that thought, right? Then, mm -hmm. oh no, I just really want to have this. I just had this thought yeah. when they were had been shown these ads and these different things, and so and this is a huge concern right now with screens and phones and everybody's face kind of cemented in this the screen that they never take away. But what it's doing is taking away free thought and it's dumping all these things into our mind. Mm -hmm. So and that's a whole another podcast, probably lots of podcasts, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, that we won't go into right now. But that is the physical world right now. So um, it says do not conform to the patterns of this world. So the physical material world and the culture that goes along with it. But it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I really like that one because I think, you know, when you enter the kingdom of God and you accept Christ into your heart, you are reborn into this new soul and this, like, yes. a new person. And so I think that when you accept Christ into your life, obviously your life is not going to be easy. God says it's no. going to be more like, simple. <laughs> it's but... simple, not you follow him and do what he says you yes. don't have to worry about making all these plans but what he says to do isn't typically simple yeah no not at all <laughs> but it's you're being transformed by the renewing of your mind so when you accept christ your life is being renewed and you kind of get this new thought pattern yes and absolutely. now you get to be transformed by that and change other people's lives and love unconditionally and live your life different than before right it's like it's when you when god transforms you your whole perception of reality changes true you can you're see you're opened up to a whole new world a whole new world it's totally different um and with that comes that joy and that calm mm -hmm. that we talk about that um that you can maintain even the chaos around you even the world seems to be going kind of crazy yeah. Um, when you are solid in that communication with God and in that faith, uh, you can, you see things differently and can handle it differently and can find that joy from inside, no matter what's going on on the outside. That is like true faith. And that is that transformation that God gives us. Mm -hmm. And with Christ, every day gets, seems to get better. Right. And we, but that the hard part is you have to keep up the communication with him every yeah. day. Um, you can't put them on the back side, burner. back burner, right? And yeah. let it like, okay, I said my prayer to you today. I feel calm, peaceful, and wonderful. That's good, but now on to the real world, real yeah. world, right? Conscious world, it's like the material you're separating world. the two when both of them play hand in hand. Yes, absolutely. And so, um, and we're not going to go into the second part of this too much. We'll do that on another podcast, mm -hmm. but it says, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. And that's being able to hear God talking, mm -hmm. right? Once that you're transformed and renewed and you see things differently and you've experienced this joy and this peace and have this connection with God, you start being able to test and approve what his will is. You're starting to be able to hear and see him through the things around you. He presents 
um, answers in many different ways. And then follow through, which in turn affects other people, and they get to see your love, and they get to see Christ shining through you. Yes, and then you, when you're doing that, you're testing, and you're approving what God's will is. Mm-hmm. And then with that, you can kind of see pieces of your life kind of come together in, in his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Yeah. A lot of times, not all the time for sure, and maybe maybe a lot of the time not, but many times I have been able to see, I think you would agree at times, mm-hmm. you've been able to see some of the bigger challenges that we've talked about that we've been through. After the fact, and after, you know, years later, we can kind of see the bigger picture after we've gone through it all. Yeah. And see how perfect um, his plan has been when it seemed like it was a nightmare and our world was ending, how things were just opening up and beginning. Mm-hmm. And that's his perfect will. Mm-hmm. And so that is, we are reading Romans. Romans 12, 2. 12 too. So if you want to write that down, if anybody's taking notes and um, read it for yourself and kind of just, I like to just go slowly over each word kind of yeah. and just let it sink into me and try to get the message out of it. Because the Bible is truly a love letter from God to us. Yes, it may be hard to understand, but that's okay. You don't have to sit down and read the whole Bible or even one page. Um, I like to just take it out little segment sentence by sentence to understand exactly what that's saying and like um, focus kind of on that and Mm -hmm. meditate on that and pray on that a lot of times god will call out certain phrases in the bible for sure that mean lots of things to us yeah right so well now going back to that subconscious prayer piece we want to give a couple examples of how that's kind of shown up in our life. Do you have a, a subconscious prayer that you would like to give an example of, of how maybe you weren't aware that you had this these subconscious thoughts and beliefs stuck in you and you were praying one thing, but or maybe your subconscious thoughts were asking for something that was in contrast to what you were praying for? Yeah, I mean, I think that, like I said before, it's really easy to get caught up with your conscious thoughts and be like, I'm doing this, and blah, blah, but then you're not seeing results one way or whatever, Mm -hmm. and yeah, I definitely have a story, I mean, my subconscious thoughts, sometimes I like to think that my subconscious thoughts are the only subconscious thoughts that I'm thinking, but that is so not true at all, not at all, (laughs) yeah, it's not true, it's like being alone together, (laughs) but it's, yes, I have a lot, I have a decent amount of stories, but one that stands out to me in mm-hmm. particular, mm-hmm. is I was a freshman in high school. Mm-hmm. A big year. And I was taking this class that was pretty hard just to begin with in the unit it, I was in, which was Romeo and Juliet. It was honors English. I was taking honors English. And the unit was Romeo and Juliet. And this was right before we like acted out some of the acts in the play. Mm-hmm. And we had to memorize the fir- the prologue we had to memorize the prologue and that was an assignment and like we had to recite it in front of our teacher Sounds challenging. so she knew that we could memorize our lines and the prologue is like i think it's 27 stanzas or something mm. like that so it's it's, a lot. it's it's a decent amount of 
words to memorize. A lot of Romeo for my brain. <laughs> yes. And so I, I don't know why I, I, I got super nervous about it. I was super, super nervous, but I was practicing. I was practicing a lot, a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. She practiced a lot. I remember going to a restaurant and I brought the piece of paper with me and I was practicing at the restaurant and I was just really nervous and my conscious was like I got this blah 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 but you know who cares about the conscious thoughts the subconscious thoughts were telling me you're gonna mess up you're gonna choke you're gonna Mm. you're gonna do bad I've never had those thoughts (laughs) that's a joke that's a joke okay continue on (laughs) and so I the day comes and I we're all like practicing because she just calls us one 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 by one and we we do our thing and then we're done right it sounds pretty simple <laughs> i was practicing in front of my friends and i said it like two times perfectly in front of them go gina yeah Yay. and i go out to the hallway and she's like okay or she actually told the class so she's like when you recite it you can like turn around you can turn sideways or just or you can just like face me and other people were turning away from her and I went out there and I was like okay my conscious was like you got this and so I stand like right in front of her like I'm like, <laughs> dead looking brave, her in the eyes brave girl brave girl and I said like the first two lines and then I choked and I I'm pretty sure I cried that day <laughs> pretty sure you did I think I did <laughs> it was my conscious and my subconscious were not lining up and since I truly believed that I was going to mess up I did I feel like I I, I felt like I was going to and I did and it was it was not just a good feeling yeah and that was despite you really did know it like the back of your hand I did I really did know it you memorized it and you had it and it was done and it was like perfect so yeah I practiced it for like three days and your subconscious knew, I'm not your subconscious, your conscious, this is where, knew, she, you know, she, she had it. She yeah. was done. But that subconscious, those insecurities. It's um, a lot harder to do things when you're looking someone straight in the eye. Just saying. So if you ever have to do that, like, do a speech, don't look someone in the eye. Well, there you go. <laughs> tip. Jana, Jana's tip. Jana's for tip. For the day. <laughs> I like that tip. Yeah, so, and that's, that. I mean, that's very common, and that, that happens all the time, where, um, like, from myself, too, like, you have these thoughts, and you know you can do it, and then all of a sudden, I totally, like, mess up, like, if, even if I'm talking or presenting or something, and I just feel so insecure, and I had it down, and I, like, know it like the back of my hand, but it's really those subconscious thoughts that are sneaking up and yeah. sabotaging that. So, but how it kind of becomes a prayer is that sometimes, right, God knows your heart. And so if you're repeating things subconsciously to yourself, he knows, you know, that's like a request kind of. And so my story might sound a little silly because it involves soup, but... But we love soup. We lo- well, we love soup now. Janice always loves soup. She I've was a soup girl. Soup. I was told she was a soup girl. Southern Chinese came out of the womb loving kanji. So and and um, uh, soup wonton soup. Oh, of that course, your favorite. Soup. Yes, Duh. yes. <laughs> I was told the southern southern Chinese girls love soup. 
Well, I am Southern, and I am Chinese, so... She loves soup. So, thank God. That um, checks out. Yep, thank God. God was listening to my subconscious prayers that I wasn't even aware that I was saying. Yeah. <laughs> because um, back when I back when I was younger, younger in my youth, starting out, 20s or so... Um, Which was only like five years ago. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So good. I have such a wonderful daughter. <laughs> You are amazing. Have I told you that lately? I think you have. <laughs> okay. So back five years ago when I was 20. <laughs> um, anyways, back when I was in my 20s, I, I wanted to eat healthy. You know, I really did. I, I always tried to eat healthy. I ate low fat. Um, and I thought it was pretty healthy. I ate a lot of greens. And, I you know, I had friends. I had a friend that, one in particular, actually I had a couple friends that really liked soup and salad. I'm like, oh, I wish I like soup because it would be so healthy. And I thought, I want to make soup like once a week because I think that would be really healthy to eat. I wanted to eat healthy. And why I don't think I sat down and said conscious prayers about eating soup and being healthy, and maybe about being healthy, but I don't quite remember. But this was definitely a subconscious thought. It was always floating around in my head. It's like, I wanted to be healthy and I wanted to eat soup. Honestly, I didn't really like soup. <laughs> soup and salad. I didn't really eat that much salad either. It just either. seemed healthy. <laughs> yeah, it seemed healthy. And my friends were like, it would be healthy if I liked soup and salad, but yeah, no way. I liked, oh, I love and adore subs and deli sandwiches and hamburgers and french fries. It's like, give me that any day of the week and I'd be happy. I love french fries, but you know, I'm not much of a sandwich girl, no, to be that's, honest. That's because you're a southern that. Chinese born girl. Yeah. Yeah. I do love, I love my soup. You I love, love my soup. soup so much. Well, I didn't have her yet, and I didn't love a soup. I didn't really like soup at all. Um, It just did not float my boat. <laughs> <laughs> boat and was not floating. Salad didn't really float my boat either. But long behold, after I adopted my wonderful southern Chinese girl, woohoo, uh, and I knew she had a passion for soup, and I did make wonton soup quite a bit. Yeah. Yes, um, but I actually got really sick, and I'm talking about really sick. I thought I was dying. I couldn't get out of bed for about a month. Yeah, it was not, it was not cute. <laughs> uh, it wasn't, it wasn't good at all, and I'm not going to go into this story. We'll save that for another time, but what I found out is that I was allergic to gluten. Now, gluten is a protein found in wheat, so if you hear people talking about gluten-free, that's me. She's not a pretentious hippie. She's actually... She actually gets really, really sick. Uh, I was on my deathbed. I don't know that I'm celiac, but again, I could do dozens upon dozens of podcasts on this, but we won't go into that right now. I was really sick. So to make a long story short, and it was very difficult and very challenging because it's our wheat-laden diet, um, unhealthy-laden diet, what I came to realize when I learned about the brain and I learned about the gut. It's like much of what constitutes the American diet, which is called the SAD diet, the standard American diet. I don't know if anybody's heard that before or not. It's not healthy for our bodies or our brain, and gluten is not really healthy for the majority of people anyways. Mm -hmm. So I had to, I was pretty much forced to because it made me very sick and put me on my deathbed. I couldn't hardly move or function, um, eat healthier. And guess, what does our diet consist of, Jaina? Mostly soup. <laughs> and? Salad. 
Salad. Salad. <laughs> so uh, this subconscious prayer that I had, um, it was a nightmare. Actually, when I got sick, it was not did not feel like a blessing. It was so much work to figure this out. And if anybody's like in transition, I have a Facebook group. A super what is it fun and easy gluten-free lifestyle look it up and join that's my group um we have i have lots of fun things in there and lots of things to help you get started eating healthy really quick so go ahead and check that out uh, because it took years actually to figure it all out so it wasn't like a happy thing and oh thank you god at the time that i am on my deathbed and i can't eat anything <laughs> <laughs> that's what it felt like you know that was like 12 years ago so gluten-free choices were not as prominent in the community no. or in stores and gluten is hidden in so many things and it's it, so it hard to eat is, out yeah. and it was a huge learning curve where you know first i'm just eating myself but then there's this cross-contamination piece which is huge people yeah. don't understand how big that is and so what seemed like a nightmare and it seemed like god wasn't listening it seemed like actually at the time it had nothing to do with what i wanted but looking back honest to the dear Lord above, um, honest to God, that had been my subconscious thoughts um, all along. I wish I used, I, I would say it aloud. I would think it. I wish. Yeah, I would be healthy. <laughs> I wish I like soup. I wanted to be healthy, and guess what? Um, and like you say, and it didn't come easy, and I didn't see it as a blessing then. But now, looking back, now even though it's been twelve years, and looking back, it's like it's been such a gift to shift my whole entire family. Uh, to understand how important food is for our health and to shift our family into healthy eating. Yeah. And I adore salads and I adore uh, soup. soup. But no so fresh. Healthy. She still gets her subs and her sandwiches in. Yes, gluten-free. I know how to make them the best. So join my group if you want to know the tips and secrets to that. So I do get that in when I need it. But for the most part, I crave um, salads and mm-hmm. healthy soups. Yep. And so that's just one way those subconscious thoughts can kind of creep into your request to God because um, mm-hmm. they're always there. So you, it gets it gets a little bit tricky. Whether it's um, positive or negative. Right, whether it's positive or negative. And we can go on and on about this. We want to give you some three helpful hints for listening today. Three yes. ways to figure out what is move out of these subconscious beliefs that might sabotage um, your prayers and sabotage your life actually Um, so if you do these three things it can help you figure out maybe some of your underlying sabotaging beliefs or subconscious beliefs that you have that could sabotage um, your spiritual life and your life in general honestly yeah and so the number one thing Um, that you can do is to grab a pen and grab a journal and sit down and make sure you block out at least 15 minutes for yourself, okay? Um, Yeah, this doesn't have to be like, oh my gosh, like a three-day seminar (laughs) or anything. Right. Just like work on it like a little bit every day. Yes, and what you want to do is you want to ask yourself, like, do you really want to have a relationship with Christ right it's like what what are your subconscious beliefs do you believe your prayers are being answered yeah do you believe that there is a God like Janice said do you want a relationship with God Mm -hmm. 
and just kind of bounce around some of these questions and take your time to answer. Um, but go ahead and just, you can even brainstorm. What You might have some weird kind of oddball things come up that like, this doesn't make sense. Why yeah. am I writing this? But write it down. Because a lot of times when you go back and read it, you can kind of piece together some thoughts and beliefs that might be circling around in your subconscious that you weren't even aware of. Yeah. So see what comes up and see what arises and just kind of kind of do this, you know, a couple times and see what happens. And that will give you a good insight as to what maybe some of your subconscious thoughts are. And then you could see um, if they're helping you or if they're maybe blocking you in certain areas in your life, including your faith. Yeah, because sometimes, well, a lot of the times actually, what you want consciously is not lining up with what you want subconsciously. Right. So this is a really good journal entry. It's a good journal. It's a good way to help you to understand and start digging into what some of those subconscious thoughts are. So let's get into the second one. The second one is like taking a reality check. Now I kind of have an example of how this will make sense. So at church I was not feeling like I belonged and I had just like transferred into the high school ministry and you're like with a whole bunch of new people Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I just didn't feel like I belonged and that was my subconscious belief was that I didn't belong and I wasn't good enough Mm -hmm. but I took a reality check and they weren't inviting me to do things and I was keeping myself in I was keeping myself separated and I was feeding into that subconscious belief which only made it stronger and it it was just kind of a vicious cycle and I was able to do a reality check on that too and now I I I love youth group I've met a whole bunch of new people and I thoroughly enjoy it and they are welcoming and and it's really hard when you're it's really hard for I think a lot of people to blend into any kind of group particularly when they're laughing and having fun and you kind of feel alienated but uh, what's really helpful is when you're doing this reality check to have a trusted friend to have somebody that you really care about and trust help you do this reality check so you can be kind of vulnerable and talk about a situation maybe and say hey this is how I see it is this what how do you see it because with that situation that you mentioned with church I remember you were upset and you didn't have friends and you said nobody talked to you but then when you told me about the night and they were taking a picture and they wanted you in there and I picked you up and people were talking to you right I'm like this is what I saw right and um was that 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 helpful for me to say what I saw I would I didn't take away from your experience I don't want to take away from your experience because that's what you experienced but I saw people reaching out to you yes and so it can be really helpful to have somebody to help you do a reality check mm-hmm. somebody that you trust or even somebody in the church to say hey this is what I'm thinking this is what I see um, so that can be really helpful for that and then we have three tips we have number three and um, this last one is to kind of help you look for those subconscious beliefs or those subconscious blocks and one way to do this is start looking for negative patterns, negative thought patterns like I don't belong, I don't have enough. I mean, for myself, a little quick thing that I'll add in for myself, uh, one that keeps resurfacing and I've 
and I've worked a lot with this and it's changed my life but you know you just life happens and you kind of get stuck you kind of get triggered sometimes and for me one of them is this like I don't I don't have what I want I don't have what I need I don't have enough it's kind of all the same and so for me even like recently it's like looking for something it's like I can't find it I don't have it did somebody take it what do you do with it did somebody eat it and then someone eat it <laughs> well food yeah oh, you know, oh yeah. yeah like yeah. in the kitchen we're doing a lot of food work yeah. it's like where is it it's not there but what I'm finding is I kind of take a deep breath and I'm like okay you know I know this is one of my negative thought patterns is that I don't have what I want. I don't have what I need. I don't have enough. And sure enough, I look around and nine times out of 10, that darn thing that I'm looking for is right in front of my face. <laughs> I mean, kind of a reality check, but, but it's this negative pattern. But before I became aware of the subconscious thought, the subconscious belief, it blocked a lot of things. Um, for me, right? I would be stuck in that negative pattern and be mad that somebody took something or that I lost something or give up on a project or not finish it. It was very self-sabotaging. And so that's how we kind of look for these self or look for these negative thought patterns. Just just note them. Just note like, is there is there like a theme resurfacing this pattern? Because if you see a theme of being left out, of being abandoned, of not being good enough, um, everybody's out to get me. Uh, I don't know. Can you think of any other ones? Those, those are very common ones. Um, you know, not being good with people. Uh, nobody likes me. There's a whole host. I'm not smart enough. I'm yeah. not good enough. I'm not talented enough. I have nothing to offer. Any, any one of these, um, life is hard. That's another one that, um, gets, tangled up in my thought processes. I make everything harder than it needs to be because I have a belief that I have discovered I think life has to be hard. And so you can work on these and you can actually get rid of them and move out of them. And particularly with prayer and with God, who's kind of the superpower yeah. of uh, life basically here on earth. God is your superpower. So, um, and you want to make sure you're using him in the way that you want to. You want to be praying and having the right thoughts and asking and requesting for the right things. Because if those subconscious thoughts take over, God can be like, well, this is what I'm hearing you say you really want. And so you might be getting some things, you know, kind of that self-sabotage piece where it's like, wait a second. I, I didn't think I wanted that. You know, my words aren't saying that. But those subconscious thoughts can get in the way. Yeah, they can. It's, it's quite easy, actually. It really is. And I know another one that I struggle with is just thinking I'm a bad writer. Like, yeah. That seems to come up a lot. Like it, it may not like seem like the biggest thing, but it it comes up quite a bit. So. I don't so know. that and that's where that reality. Just another personal example. Right, Chuck comes in and where she's not a bad writer and she gets good grades and but. It's kind of, again, can be a self-sabotaging thing. All these thoughts can, like, make us less than what God created us to be. Yeah. I mean, God only creates perfection. Right. And so to belittle ourselves is almost like a slap in the face to God. It is, because we're his everything. We really are. And so with that, I think it's time to close the rabbit hole for today. Close it. Close, <laughs> close the, rabbit the rabbit hole. hole. So um, if you have anything that if you'd like to contact me and let me know what you think about 
the podcast, um, go ahead and look me up at kellyjeanpittman.com. You can get a hold of, contact me there at kellyjeanpittman at gmail.com. And let us know what you think. Um, we're working on getting our podcast set up and other ways to contact us, but for now, that's a good way. Yeah. Yes. So thank you for joining us, Jana. Did you want to close us out with a prayer? Always. Yes. Okay. So if you'd like to join me in any in praying in any way that you feel comfortable, dear God, thank you for these this beautiful day, and thank you for all of our beautiful listeners. God. Thank you for our incredible, complicated, beautiful brains. Yes, amen. And thank you that it gets to communicate with you and other people. God, I just ask that you continue to bless all of our listeners and that their beliefs are able to line up with what you want and what with they truly want to. Amen. The <laughs> Amen. great the greatness within each and every one of us. Help us to discover that. Yes. God, I just ask that you continue to bless all of our listeners and let us be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Amen. Amen. Woohoo! I love that prayer. Thank you so much for joining us. Um and we are signing off. Have a beautiful couple weeks, and we'll see you back in two. And faith and love. It's Jaina and Kelly. Bye. Bye.